Thank you. Man, I love this place. I love it. I'm just so grateful. Yeah, okay, yeah, high schoolers, you may now go to your class. I think middle schoolers, yeah, we've got middle schoolers going that way. If you're in grades six, seven, eight, you can go that way. If you are in high school, you can go that way. If you are a kid, like niece, nephew, if you want to stay up here, that's totally fine. It's all good. Well, when we found out that today was going to be my ordination day, I truthfully wasn't even planning on doing anything. I was just going to not even lead worship. I was not going to preach. And I was telling my mom, she's like, really? <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right. So, you know, here we, here we go. Um, it's an extra sermon, but I love preaching the word of God. I love the word of God. So it's really good. But if this is, you know, whatever, you can just blame my mom or, you know, <laughs> she'll take, she'll take the blame. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is so sweet. Like I really do appreciate those of you who have come here to be here. Um, I was trying to share with some friends, like, a life as a missionary, like I left, oh, even Gina, oh my gosh, I'm not going to cry. My preschool teacher is here, like just so beautiful. Okay, so I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Um, but I, I graduated here from Delaware Christian, so I was raised here. But then I left and I went to Chicago and I studied in university out there. And then I got a job out there and then I was a missionary and traveled everywhere. And so this little season here in Columbus with my whole family, there are four of us. I'm just going to tell you this. It just, it's my day, whatever. So I'm the oldest of four. So there's me and then my sister and then my brother and my younger brother. And we, for like 25 years between all of us, we didn't live all together in Columbus until last year when my brother and his family got stationed here in Columbus and we're all here. Like how random is that? You know, it's so cool. So we get to do this. Um, so Thank you. So thank you for being here. It's really good. Um, I want to just let you guys know, those of you who don't know this story, I've shared the story here for our CA family. But um, 2006, I was uh, on a mission trip, and I almost died of malaria when I was in India. And I had to come home after Chicago, and I had to come to, Columbus, to Sunbury to move in with my parents. And I was a very broken person, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in every way. And I was going to Vineyard Columbus, and I heard about a young adult group that took place here on Friday nights, every Friday night for like six years, young adults came into this exact room and worshiped and prayed together and were in community together. And it was in this room that God met me in my brokenness and in my pain and in my doubt and in my disbelief. Being in a room with other people who were singing songs that I didn't know how to believe was so important to me. And as we were renovating this space, we've only been in this space for about a year, but as we were renovating it, I was joking with Jeremy that like, if you would take up the square, like right around where, Sa where Samson is sitting, if you would take up the square on the floor and swab it, it would be my snot and tears <laughs> on that square where God just dealt with me on, on a lot of different things. And, and one of the things that he dealt with me on was the topic that I get to, to, to bring before you this morning, which is unanswered prayer. And when things just don't go the way you thought they were supposed to go. And what it means to hold on to faith in the midst of chaos. And when you think you're doing all the right things and life just throws you a curveball and you have nothing but Jesus. So that's what I get to teach on today. Does that sound good? 
Yes. Um, it's a topic, truthfully, you know, Jeremy talks about how I love people, partly because I've experienced a lot in my life and I can relate to people in different places. And But I think something that is very common for a lot of us is that very thing. We are... People, you know, maybe you're, you've, you came to faith like I did as a young age and you maybe thought, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, this right step, this left step, the opposite, whatever, but the, the, we're going to take these steps and God is going to lead because God is faithful and he is going to take this step, but it doesn't always work out like that. How many of you know that, right? It doesn't always work that way, that God still wants to invite us into a trust relationship, a relationship that we can't earn, that we can't do enough right things to get the right answers. It doesn't work like that. No matter how long you've been walking in the faith. I love to research. I love to read. And last week I ended up reading a book by an atheist who literally walked away from the Lord and walked away from faith because life didn't turn out the way he thought it was supposed to. And how many of us know people like that? The life hits because it is real. Like the, the Lord promised that in this world, we would have trouble. It's not guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed besides the presence of God. So I was curious. I, um, I, I like to research all different places. And now with AI in the world, I just thought it'd be curious to ask AI. So um, why, are, why, why do some prayers go unanswered, right? Ask an AI, just, just why. So I was surprised. It started with a disclaimer that different religions may have different expectations based on individual beliefs and interpretations, but then it listed four basic reasons why people have unanswered prayers. They don't see the answers. And this literally, this is AI. I was reading it to Jeremy this week. We were cracking up. First one, divine timing. The divine power may have a different plan or a different time frame for the fulfillment of one's prayer. That's interesting. Second one was lessons and growth. Sometimes unanswered prayers may be a way for individuals to learn important lessons or develop strength and resilience. Thank you, AI. Free will. Other people's choices and actions may influence the situation and their free will may not align with the prayer being made. Higher wisdom. That what may seem like an unanswered prayer from our limited perspective may actually be part of a larger plan or purpose. This is AI, guys. Then I thought this was really profound. It is important to remember. This is AI. I can't believe it. Okay. It is important to remember that prayer is not always about getting what we want, but also about seeking guidance, finding inner peace, and building a deeper connection with the divine power. So maybe pastors are going to go out of business now too. I don't know. Like AI's writing sermons. I don't know. It's so interesting. Building a connection with a deeper power. So interesting. And I know that for me in my walk, and I don't know if anybody else might relate to this, but sometimes there are just those things where we're like, not only is there a curveball, but sometimes there are these unanswered prayers, these things we're asking God's healing, we're asking for God's provision, we're asking for God's guidance. And sometimes that is just so much on the forefront of our mind, right? Have you ever experienced that where it's just like, this is what I want, Lord, this is what I want. And as a, f- a few weeks ago, as we were praying in our women's group and women's encounter, I had this picture of like a request being held up to God, but the request was actually standing in the way of me and God. The request had my focus. It kept my hands occupied, 
became a hindrance to me actually understanding God's heart. I've shared before that there have been times in my life where I felt like God was giving me stones instead of bread, right? It's the same idea. Maybe you have felt the same, that there is maybe just that one thing that God could do that he's holding out on. And that's in the place where doubt creeps in. It's in that place where we might walk away because it is almost impossible to trust how God could be good if he doesn't do this. Anybody else? Sometimes we approach God even as, he, as if he owes us an answer. This is particularly interesting, again, when we think that we can earn it, right? I want this thing, and if I give this or do this or if I sacrifice this or try my best to earn God's favor, then I've done everything on my end to warrant the answer to my prayer exactly how I want it. Anybody else? It's exhausting sometimes because we think that we can earn. We think that we can earn. We think that we can earn. And so what I love about this place here and what our pastoral staff is really trying to cultivate is that this is a place where you are safe to bring your hurts, to bring your questions, to bring your doubts. You are free to come and just stand or come and sit in a place while people sing the songs that you don't quite believe yet. And our prayer every week truly is this, that we will not convince you of anything. There's nothing that we can do. Even Paul talks about that. I could have all of the convincing arguments in the world, but if it's not the spirit, it doesn't matter, right? We can't convince you of anything, but we, our desire is that in this place, you will feel encouraged to lift your gaze from whatever is standing in between you understanding God's heart and encountering him. Because at the end of the day, the answer to your prayers is relationship and deeper connection with God. AI did get that part right. <laughs> so we're going to turn uh, to the word of God. But before we do that, let's just pray together. Is that all good? Lord, thank you um, for who you are. God, we sang about it. There is truly no one like you. Lord, and I do thank you for your unrelenting faithfulness to us. God, it is your faithfulness that, that holds us steady. It's your faithfulness that holds us strong. We cannot be faithful. <laughs> There's no way. There's so many distractions. There's so many other things, Lord, but you are so patient. You are so merciful and you are so kind. And so, Lord, I just ask that as we open your word today, as we look into your word today, that it would help us to align ourselves to your truth. God, that's what your word does. It aligns us. It aligns our hearts. It aligns our minds to live how you would want us to live, to believe how you want us to believe, Lord. So open our eyes. Open the eyes of our spirits to see you. Open our ears to hear what your Holy Spirit might want to say. Open our hearts to experience the love and the kindness and the mercy and the grace that you have for us this morning. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. So um, I had a friend text me last week, I think it was, what's your favorite Bible verse? And I was like, oh man, that's really hard. Because how many of you can pick out, like maybe some of you can, just one Bible verse. But the more I study the Bible, I can't just choose one verse. I just love passages of scripture, which are hard to put on an inscription for anything, right? But um I'm going to say it, but there is one verse that I think is hilarious that I've loved ever since I was in college when I learned it. And it's a Leviticus 3, 16b. 
And it says, all the fat is the Lord's. And I love that one. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's just a little insight on just funny. My sister was like, that'd be funny to have a Bible with just like Leviticus 3.16b on it. And people would look it up and be like, what, pastor? So good times, good times. All right. So let's open up to Hebrews 11. If you have your Bibles, let's open up to Hebrews 11. If you don't, we have the verses up here on the wall for you. Um, so let's go into this. I believe that part, one of the keys of, of sticking through it and keeping the faith is having a faith outside of ourselves. Having a vision of our lives that is bigger than the little tiny thing that our little tiny human brains could ever imagine for ourselves. And so when we have a big vision for who God is, for what he's doing in the world, it helps us hold on in the middle of everything. When we make ourselves the center of our universe, that's where a lot of problems come in. Amen. So let's talk about faith. I love it. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation, right? And it, maybe you've learned this in a different version. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, or faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? We walk by faith and not by right, it's so important to have this big vision. And what I love, it, he goes on, or the writer goes on to say, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. It takes faith. Was anybody there at the beginning of the earth? I know some of y'all are old, but nobody was there, right? At the beginning of everything, nobody was there. It was God, and we have to walk in faith, believing, God, you actually did create this whole beautiful world, all this nature that we see, all of these mountains, these oceans. It was you that did it, right? When I was a teacher in Chicago, I had a really, really, really rough year one year, um, and I... I love water. I don't know if anybody else is like this. Some people love to go to the mountains. Some people love to just walk in a forest with big trees. I need waves. <laughs> I need water. And so I drove from Chicago with my little beagle in my car all the way down to Galveston, Texas. I was like, I just need, I need like salt water. Lake Michigan would not do. I needed something bigger. And I drove all the way down there and just camped on the beach for a week because I needed to remember that there was something bigger these roads driving through the, through, through the country was just beautiful. I need road trips and I need water. I just need to be reminded that there is more. There is something bigger. And I'm always amazed by God's handiwork in nature and by how God has put all the things together. And when I look at those things, it helps me have faith that there is still something bigger than me, that there is something that is going to outlast me, and there is something more important than even the little tiny things that I think are important. And so the author goes on to talk about Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, and Sarah, and how they had faith to believe God. And we know, some of us know these stories about just crazy circumstances where God showed up, where God gave them a vision for something bigger. Abraham gave him a vision for a nation that was coming and he had a wife who couldn't have babies. And how long is he going to hold on to that vision? But then it happened, right? He saw it. 
But what's interesting to me is that the, what, what uh, the author says in verse 13, it says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. How many of you know that the Bible, though it's really wonderful, it gives us just tiny little snapshots of people's lives, right? Just little bits. But what, what is this saying? That they still had dreams in their hearts. They still had dreams in their hearts that they didn't see come to fruition. But God was so faithful to them, and they kept the faith. And I left my phone somewhere, and I need the Bible app. <laughs> It's on the piano? Oh, yeah. Thanks, Madeline. Um, side note, I lose everything. Like, everything. And uh, my parents, when Leo and I got married, they came down to visit us in Columbia. And Leo had to ask me where the keys were. And my parents were like, oh, no, she's sunk. <laughs> they were hoping that I was going to marry someone who uh, kept me together. And uh, he keeps me together in other ways, but not with finding things. So, good times. I will lose a lot of things. All right. But here's, here's what I really, I really wanted us to look at. Um, Hebrews 12. And this is incredible. And, and Jeremy talked a little bit about this when he was talking about the importance of having people in your lives that you can look at their life and say, God is faithful because I've seen how he's done stuff in that person's life, right? When we look around this room, there are stories of God's faithfulness. When I look at history, I see people who have walked like in spite of incredible odds and they never let go of their faith. Never. And so here it is. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame and now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. When I, when I talk to people, when I look around at people who are walking away from the faith, what I see is people who are tangled up in a lot of doubt and a lot of disbelief and a lot of false caricatures of things that, that were presented to them as faith but they weren't really faith. And so the encouragement and the invitation, I feel like from the Lord today, is for us to just do a little bit of even self-examination. What are, what are the weights that slow us down? Is it like expectation? Is it comparison with other people? Is it comparison with what we thought our life would look like at this point when we looked ahead 10 years ago? What are the things that, that sometimes hold us back from that connection with God? From saying, Lord, if you were, because we're all tempted, right? We're all tempted to doubt. We're all tempted to say, God, if you were really good, you would do these things, right? But those are hindrances. 
because we're looking at hands. We're looking at his hands. We're looking at his actions instead of his heart that is good and that loves us and that is with us, that is present in our pain, that is present in our trials. He's with us. And the sin, the sin that trips, trips us up. We, what I think about as sin is it's the things that we run to instead of running to God, right? People run to addiction because they're hurting or they're tempted and they just run to addiction to try to fill them and it doesn't fill them, right? We think our own pride. We are proud of ourselves. We think we can be strong enough to do all the things. That's sin, right? It's not just all of these awful things, but at the end of the day, it's the thing that holds us back. And sometimes even there's unforgiveness. And that is a sin that really trips us up. (laughs) And that is something that can also hinder our prayers from being answered. When we're harboring unforgiveness in our hearts towards other people, when we're harboring bitterness in our hearts towards other people. So the invitation is to throw all of that off and to let the Lord do his work of faithfulness in our lives. And we are invited into surrender. When we say, it's your way, Jesus. It is your way. And we keep our eyes on him. That is the only way to make it, to keep our eyes on Jesus. And so what we're going to do right now, I know this is a weird service. It's a little shorter than what we're used to, maybe longer for some of you than what you're used to. But um, we're going to take communion. We do communion um, the third week of the month here in this house. And Jeremy is going to come up and lead us in that time. I just, I just really want us to lean in a little bit. This is a place where we get to lean in to who God is to his invitation to this table of reconciliation where we get to lay our lives back down, our dreams back down, our prayers back down and say, Lord, I choose you and who you are.